Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is the Code Red, the Livewire, the Baja Blast, Josh Finney. Listen, a man buys a six-pack of Baja Blast and can't escape it. Okay? I mean, I, I don't understand Baja Blast. I don't get it. It's very good. I Am prefer, I missing something? Like, I prefer it to regular Mountain Dew. Well, to be fair. I really like Mountain regular Dew. Mountain Dew, too. I don't drink. So, I don't drink as much soda these days. I was going to say I don't drink a lot. That's kind of a lie. I don't drink as much soda these days, <laughs> but um, I, I have a really big soft spot for Mountain Dew, Baja Blast, and regular Coca-Cola. Those are like the only three sodas I will drink. Because I don't, I don't count ginger ale as a soda. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that's, that's like what you take when you're sick. If I need something, well, so it's funny you say that because if I want something fizzy, I tend to drink ginger ale or like Sprite Zero these days. Mm. Um, but no, uh, I went looking for this a couple months ago. And they didn't have it at Walmart anymore. And I was like, damn. And then I was there picking up stuff. Uh, Chelsea's been very sick this week. She's had horrible laryngitis. And I was feeling really under the weather last week. We thought like there may have been like a low, like low grade COVID going around in our house, but there is not. Thank God. We were just both like super contagious. So I went to Walmart to go pick up stuff for her the other day after taking her to the doctor. And uh, yeah, I bought, I bought her stuff, but I got Mountain Dew Baja Blast and they sell AMC popcorn at Walmart now. Pre-popped and it's actually delicious. It was wow. better than the last time I got popcorn at the movie theater. Wow. It's great. I, man, I like that stuff. I can never finish like a whole bag on my own, but like this, I can like pour myself out the recommended amount and it's more than enough. Wow. I don't feel like I'm going to eat more. So nice. a lot of popcorn eating in this house. Nice. My, uh, my parents sent over the, like one of those giant bags of like pre-bagged popcorn, but it's, uh, it's Mexican street corn. Interesting. Flavored. Yeah. The only kind I've ever liked of the pre-pop popcorn is just like the generic like shitty butter that you can get because I think it's like low key kind of delicious. Yeah, I'm also I'm also a fan of the white cheddar popcorn, but oh, I'm not. I feel like that's in a league of its own. If it's if it's in like one of those variety packs, then I kind of have to eat it by default in our house. Yeah, my uh, my aunt gets them a lot to put in her lunches for work. She gets those variety packs and just like once every couple months or at least when we lived closer, she would just like save up all the popcorns and like bring me like 20 individual bags of popcorn. And and then I would in turn keep them at my desk at work when I still worked in an office. Wonderful. Wonder. Absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Corey, you know what else is wonderful? What's wonderful? We're going to get into destiny in just a minute. Uh, Final fantasy 16 is wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty good. Holy shit. It's it's a real man. It's, it's wild that we are six months into the year and I have four bonafide game of the year contenders already. Yeah, I um, have. So I have I have a quarrel, Josh. What's I have to quarrel? add some beef with the Internet. And everybody telling me this is a 40 hour Devil May Cry game. I don't think those people have ever played Devil May Cry, Josh. I don't think those people have ever played Final Fantasy. I don't I don't think they've played either. So I will say this. It is very it is the it is definitely very inspired by Devil May Cry. I mean, it's the same combat director. It's I know the exact that, same but... combat director, but it is this is like DMC light. I will say that. Like 
Devil May Cry puts more emphasis on combos, but this feels really fucking Devil May Cry for anyone who's only played five, I think. Hmm. Which would make sense. I mean, that's the most played one. So, I don't know. Yeah. I am I am digging every single second of this, but the combat just continues to evolve the further you get into the game. I mean, I'm probably like 30, 35 hours into the game, and I'm still discovering new abilities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how far have you gotten, Corey? I, I've only played the demo. Oh, okay. I haven't okay. actually purchased the game yet. I'm going gotcha, to get gotcha. it. Here's the thing. If I buy it, I'm going to not play Zelda anymore, and I have to beat Zelda for other so, projects. So, Yeah, so this is going to be kind of heresy, because we all know how much I love Breath of the Wild. I yeah. put Tears of the Kingdom down a month ago and have not felt a single scratch or itch of desire to go back. I was. We were talking about that on, on the Boss Rush podcast last night of, like, I, I love Tears of the King. I love Breath of the Wild. It's like my favorite one of my yeah. it's favorite game. I mean, of all it's, time, it's the maybe. best game ever made. Yeah. And like, I was like really amped for Tears of the Kingdom and I yep. loved it initially. Right. Like I, I mm-hmm. still I still think it's an amazing game, but like I, mean, it's still I got like that top three or four Zelda probably. I but I got that feeling that I got when the Division two came out because like I really mm-hmm. liked the first division. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I could really use some more division. And then like 10 hours into that game, Division two, I was like, maybe I didn't really need more division. Yeah, um, also, I just think that, like, I love the freedom in Breath of the Wild. I think it was just enough. Mm-hmm. This is, like, borderline, not even borderline, this is just simply too much for me. Um, yeah. Adding the Sky Islands was really cool, and I think that would have been more than enough. Yeah. But adding the deaths in also, I mean, there's also something like 250 side quests in this game. 273, actually. It's, yeah, I looked them up. It's too much for mm-hmm. me. Um. It, and it bothers me to know that I'm not going to see, like, probably 60% of this game, probably, by the time I roll credits. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be doing all the shrines. I Where I'm at right now, I've been told I am roughly 50% of the way through to the main story. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers me. Where are um, you? I mean, I don't... I have really done know. the four... I've done the four shrines they give you at the beginning. I've mm-hmm. gotten the Master Sword. I have not done anything beyond that in terms of the main storyline. Okay, I, th- I think I'm like a tad farther than you in the main story. Yeah, so I'm. I've been told I'm at about halfway, maybe sixty percent done. Since yeah. I have the master sword and I've done all the glyphs, I'm probably yeah. about sixty percent. Um, yeah. and that's like not to say that I'm like, oh my god, like I'm just never gonna finish this. It's one of those that like I'll finish it at some point this year, but I don't feel like that desire to do it right now. I need to play some other things and then come back. Yeah um because it was like almost too open-ended for me but i'll tell you this right now if i don't get this done before starfield comes out it's never getting finished i know I, straight I, up. Feel the, I feel the same way of like there's so many other games that i want to play regardless of like either starfield or otherwise like that mm-hmm. that new 2d mario game looks awesome like i want to play that like there's too many other games i still need to play star wars right yeah. like i just man zelda is too big right now it's it's just it's too big of a game yeah, and I mean, I think it's also the fact that I've gone back-to-back with Jedi Survivor into Zelda, into Diablo 4, into Final Fantasy, and now I'm going to have to loop back to Zelda. Yeah. Um, July is supposed to be my catch-up on my uh, backlog month, and yeah. instead Tears of the Kingdom is just, like, looming now, because I was really hoping mm-hmm. I'd have it done by now. Yeah. I did not expect to love and fall in love with Final Fantasy the way that I did. 
Also, I stayed away from all information about this game past the very first trailer they showed us. Like, just any time that I I saw a trailer, I just kind of, like, left the room or was like, eh, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, So I had no idea what was going on in this game. Um, Did not know the extent to which there were side quests. Because, I mean, like, you hit a point in the game, probably about... When you get about 30% of the way through the game, I would say, all of a sudden, it just blows wide open, and it stops being, like, it's not necessarily linear, but it stops being linear when you get to that point. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. And you understand just how big the scope of this game. It's funny, like, the game is massive, and there's so many quests, but it still feels like there's so much unrealized with this world, and it really bought, like... And I understand, like, it, it is the probably the closest thing to a true current-gen game that we have seen. Yeah. Because it's just instantaneous loading. It's instant loading. I have not hit a single load screen other than when I first loaded up the game. Yeah. Um, I understand there's a lot of background loading, probably. But, I mean, hey, the power of solid-state drives. And the power of not having to make something that can run on 10-year-old hardware, also. Right. Um, the only other game that's really been able to do something like this is probably Ratchet and Clank. Um, Jedi Survivor does a pretty good job with the loading also, I would say, but man, there, there's a lot of background loading that goes on in that game for sure. Yeah. This one, it's just, it really feels that way. It's one of the best looking games I've ever played straight up um there's a lot of fr- there are a lot of frame rate issues i'll say um i finally had to just tone it down to uh i i, I don't know i i had like uh, i don't remember if i toned it down or if i just unlocked it but there were a lot of frame rate stutters and it caused me to go one of the other two ways yeah um yeah i've been i've been playing it on a performance mode and mm-hmm. there's definitely like frame rate hitches yeah but, like, so i I, I bumped it. I did the, I think I did the locked 30 mode. Yeah. But see, like, I don't, it still feels better to me. It almost feels better with the frame rate higher, but it does, you know, moving around all this. But the funny thing is, is like the combat, the frame rate is fine. <laughs> it's the expl- exploration that slows it down for some reason or the walking around. So it's very, like, it, it's a very good game. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know, of the Final Fantasies that I've played, which is uh, not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've pl- I, let's see, I've played 7, I've played parts of 8 and 9, i played 10 and 10-2, 12, 13, and I tried 15. I dabbled in some of the older ones. I mean, it's one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really funny that people are complaining about the plot. Like, oh my god, the plot's just ridiculous. Like, have you ever played a Final Fantasy, my dude? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, this is this is very this is like a vintage Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah. All this nonsense about fucking crystals and whatnot. Like, this is this is classic Final Fantasy. Uh, it's basically Game of Thrones with chocobos. Yeah, that's that's the best pitch that I've heard on it. A, a friend of mine called it that. And uh, I don't know. It it's great. I think in a year, in a normal year, it would probably be the front runner for game of the year right now. Like it'd be fighting Diablo. But this hasn't been a normal year. We got fucking Tears of the Kingdom dropped on us. So yeah. it's so funny how like 
everybody was so sure Tears of the Kingdom was a lock, and then like Diablo showed up. Yeah, Final Fantasy's here. Starfield showed well. Like, yeah. So let's see the rest of the year in terms of possible contenders. You still have Baldur's Gate three, Armored Core six, Starfield, Spider Man two, Alan Wake two, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Super Mario RPG. That's just off the top of my head mm-hmm. for contenders for Game of the Year. That's not getting into any indies that could possibly make the jump. I know a lot of people are watching Lies of P right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just what, like, what the fuck? Like, this is going to end as one of the best years ever. You still, and then you've still got your more niche. T- well, not, it's not even a niche game. It's like it's a game that's going to move units. It's just not going to be a Game of the Year contender. Forza Motorsport, mm-hmm. Pikmin yeah. Four, yeah. Which I know you're excited for. I'm ready. To, I'm gonna download the demo. I'm actually this weekend. I'm actually less excited for Pikmin Four since they put Pikmin One on the Switch. No, so it's funny that. that you say that. Uh, our friend Ray Apollo told me the same thing. He was like, he was texting me during an Nintendo Direct last week. He was like, Josh, if they announce Pikmin One and Two for the Switch, he was like, that's it. It's over for me. He's like, I've never. He's like, I ain't never finished in Diablo Four at this point. <laughs> um, he he's conceded because I played so much Diablo while he was out of town uh, for work related things, work and family yeah. obligations that uh, he is going to just buy in-flight Wi-Fi. He's going to Europe uh, in a couple weeks for work. He's going to buy the in-flight Wi-Fi and uh, take his ROG ally and just plug it into the seat. Yeah. And play Diablo the entire way. Yeah. I uh, speaking of the speaking of the ally, I was talking to LeBron last night about it because he got one. Yeah. And he he says he loves it. He loves it. The only thing that the only two things that concern me are I've the, the poor battery life, mm-hmm. and which I mean, like for me that's not as much of an issue because like I'm gonna play it docked most of the time. Yeah. Um, I just want something that can play PC games and like play Destiny on the go and whatnot. Right. Um, and then I've seen more than a couple people have issues with the micro SD card. Yeah, I saw that. I I heard about it i heard about it last week and then jeff uh, I, yeah jeff gerstman was talking about it on his podcast this week so i was like mm. so what's the what is the what is the drive space inside um god i don't know off the top of my head honestly i don't think it's too much it's probably like 128 maybe 256 oh, gross. uh let's see um memory no that's not wrong oh 512 it says 512. i mean that's not horrible no i think for the average person that's probably fine mm-hmm. um yeah. i i plan on doing like a lot of uh roms mm-hmm. on there uh doing a lot of emulators so i will yeah. probably get micro sd for it just for that purpose you know, but you can yeah. buy a huge micro sd card for dirt cheap these days I know. I got a 512 for like 30 bucks. I have. And I know so that it's one... funny because at the time it was huge. The last micro SD card I bought was the week the Switch came out. And I yeah. bought a 128. <clears throat> I bought it. I bought a 256. And it was like the 256 was like $75 back then. Yeah. Now I, I remember I jumped like on this bucks. one because it was on sale for like 30 bucks. So I bought it even though we were like strapped for cash at the time. I bought yeah. it because I was like, I like I wanted to get Mario Kart before we went on vacation. Right. And uh, I put Mario Kart on there. And then I realized that like over the last couple of when I bought my uh, OLED switch, I realized how many things were just going straight to the console memory and not to the memory card like I thought I had it set up. 
Yeah. I thought that's where I set Animal Crossing up years ago, and apparently it's not. So yeah. I'd go through that whole process. Mm, fun. Yeah, it's it's not great. I am like I'm really excited to get my hands on the rog, though. We are probably going to go visit uh, Ray and his family here pretty soon. So uh, I told him when I come up there, I'm like, I want to play with this, and I want to play with the Steam Deck, and I want to see which one I like better. Yeah, he has both, I assume, right? He ha- yeah, he has both. Um, he says that he's he's like the rog is kind of a pain to set up because you have to yeah. it's it's like a PC you have to fine tune it. Yeah, he's like once you get it set up. And he's like, I just followed a guide online to optimize it. He was like, it ran awesome after that. He was like, I he was like, I love it. He goes, I've been playing Destiny like in bed and whatnot with it. He's like, it's it runs perfectly fine. He's like, it's just, you know, it's running at like 30 frames. So mm-hmm. he's like, I would never go raid or like do a dungeon with it, but he's like, you can easily do strikes and uh, you know, story stuff. And like, <clears throat> nah, that's like all I really want to do with it. Yeah. 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 No, if I was if I was gonna raid, you know. TV man, TV, yeah. Xbox. Um, but definitely like for on the go. Like I've seen more than a few people tweeting about it. A lot of people at Bungie have talked about yeah. like how much they're enjoying it. Um, and he says the fact that like Game Pass is native on there helps too. Yeah, that's that's the big one for me. Destiny, it's a Game Windows Pass. device, so yeah. I assume I meant to ask him, but I assume that means you can download PC Game Pass games to it. You can. Yeah, okay. Leron was doing it. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big thing for me then because you can't do that with steam even if you backdoor yeah. it you can't do that on steam to my although knowledge. i have heard that some of the like the cloud saves for game pass games varies per game so mm-hmm. not every game will carry your cloud save over from xbox but i think i think all first party games do i think it's a they should d- developer by developer basis though for third party stuff interesting yeah i assume anything that's part of play anywhere it carries yeah. over yeah. Um, which is most games on Game Pass these days. Um, mm-hmm. But that's because I, for example, I know for a fact that Diablo 4 does because mm-hmm. uh, Ray bought it on, he bought it on PC and he was able to run it on there, but also run it on Xbox. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, things like that are a pretty big deal to me. I would really want to play it like that. Um, yeah. But Corey, we should probably talk about the elephant in the room. We got to talk yeah. about network issues again. Yeah. But Man, it's I try, not as so, it, it's not as bleak as it was last week. For me, it was. I tried to. I had. I dude. I had free time for the first time forever, and I went to log into Destiny three separate times in the last week and a half, and all three times connect, connecting to Destiny servers, and they kicked me out. And they kicked me out. I was very upset, Josh. Very upset. I can hear how upset you are. Uh, I personally did not have that issue. I, oh, excuse me. I had it once. I tried to log in, and it said servers weren't available, and I just shrugged my shoulders and went, okay, and I went back to Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. So when I say it's not as bleak, uh, we actually got an explanation, a very long explanation in this week's TWAB. It's the bulk of the TWAB this week. What's the TWAB, Josh? I only know of the TWID. We're not calling it the TWID. We're calling it the TWAB. <laughs> um but uh, I'm prepared to dive in here. There, There's a lot coming. They actually provided us with a roadmap. I genuinely was starting to wonder if they were going to leave us hanging until the showcase on August 22nd. I feel like a more detailed explanation has to be given then. But for right now, or at least like a too long don't read uh, has to be given then. Um, yeah. you, you can't possibly ignore the community sentiment over the last six months at this point but also at this point like why would you address it right now like 
I mm-hmm. also would be keeping my head down like, okay, we got Solstice coming up in a couple weeks. We got a holiday weekend. Then we got Solstice in a couple weeks. We've got another Iron Banner or two. Like, let's just keep our heads down. And August will be here before you know it. So six, uh, about six, six weeks. seven weeks from now, we'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll be going through all that. But let's dive into this explanation. So uh, <laughs> we have an update from the engineering team. The services that power Destiny 2 are a critical part of every player's experience, and we are committed to improving stability and reliability long-term. Last month, we spoke about back-end updates that we implemented to help prepare for the year of Lightfall and service stability issues that have recently affected players. Today, we want to dive into some of the technical details around Destiny 2's service stability and provide a deeper layer of transparency about what we're doing to improve it throughout the upcoming seasons. In preparation for Lightfall and future large releases, we invested in a wide effort to update our internal services with the long-term goal of improving scalability, maintenance, and levels of support for our service infrastructure. Specifically, we want to ensure that we have improved stability during moments of events or events of high player concurrency. This work resulted in successful launches of both Lightfall and Root of Nightmare's World First Race. Both perform more smoothly than prior launches, and we expect that trend to continue for future releases. However, we've identified several issues with those changes that we are working to correct. Pause. Because this is, this is all very long. This is like 12, 13 paragraphs long. I will say, for all the grief that we've given them over, especially like the last six weeks or so, I would say it's noticeably been the worst it's ever been over maybe the last like month and a half, two months. Yeah. Um, since about mid-April, probably, it's been pretty goddamn bad. Yeah. It's and it's only bad. gotten worse. Yeah. Um... I will say it was a relief to be able to play through Lightfall and not have to worry about getting kicked. It was a relief to do the world's first race and not be kicked out. Yeah. Either day. It was very nice that neither Friday nor Saturday were we being kicked out. Um, and then, I mean, uh, for, for what it's worth, uh, the Ghost of the Deep launch, we also did not have that issue. Um so for what it's worth, I do think that they have achieved that goal of it reducing it. But clearly it's during just like normal ass times or, you know, update days where it just breaks, you know, seeing that message come up like that says um, we emergency maintenance is being performed feels like, you know, fucking Trevor is chasing me again. <laughs> oh my God, it's just Trevor. It's, it's that it's like it's that bad. Um, and I really wish I was being facetious about it, but it's that bad. So this section is called Improving Our Infrastructure. When gameplay messages from Destiny 2 are received, they are sent to a key service called Claims, which then routes them onto the server that is responsible for your player data. This is an essential service for keeping the client and server in sync during every moment of gameplay. As you can imagine, this being Claims handles a tremendous amount of volume, rewriting every single kill orb or unit of glimmer in destiny 2 to the correct recipient that is wild that is wild to think about just to, just think about that for a second on the back end it has to compute all of that that's not just the game that's not the game that's an automated system that is doing that to you so, yeah like rng is a real thing ahead of lightfall's launch a few improvements were made to the claim service <laughs> We made updates to some of its underlying communication technology and made changes that allowed claims to scale out to more servers so during moments or events of high concurrency, the service could make use of those extra resources and avoid getting bogged down. While the updates achieved our scale goals, we discovered issues around the service's error recovery functionality. 
Normally, if Claims has its communications channels disrupted to, to other services, it is designed to automatically restore these connections. These disruptions can happen for a wide variety of reasons, including hardware failure, network hitch, or problems with other services. However, despite rigorous testing, the updated system is not always recovering as expected in our live game environment. If these channels are permanently disrupted, this can be one of the causes behind weasel, baboon, or other error codes for a large subset of the player base. In these cases, even a rolling restart of our claimed service is not always enough to restore the service. Instead, a full restart of Destiny 2 services must be performed in order to restore a claimed system, which we are rapidly working to correct. Fixing these issues is at the very top of our services organizations right now, but we must do it very carefully. Done incorrectly, we could unintentionally make stability for players worse or create new issues. This is not a process that can happen overnight, and that part is bolded. We must make sure that as we make these fixes, we guarantee that your gameplay messages get rerouted reliably so that your destiny to experience rem remains smooth and stable. Although Claims is just one of many services which are receiving ongoing updates and maintenance to improve the stability and reliability of Destiny 2, the improvements we are making are a crucial step in both addressing the immediate issues players are experiencing as well as better equipping us to deal with any potential future issues that may arise. So let's soak all that in for a minute. Soak it in. Soak it all in. That's actually not a horrible explanation of what's going on. Um, yeah. I this is this is behind the behind the veil look that you don't get behind the veil uh, look that you don't get at a lot of online games. Um, yeah. This is transparency that I can imagine had to be, well we know from a few people inside at Bungie that tweeted about it this afternoon. They had to fight for this information to get shared. Yeah um well Bungie... i mean it's like it's it's one of those things where like you don't want people to think that you're messing up but also like bungie is in a unique position where this is kind of yes. like their only game really and i know that i know they are owned by playstation whatever but this is like they i think i think if they want people to trust them to fix it and to provide quality content in the future they have to be transparent about these things yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say that <laughs> I think that like player happiness is at an all time low right now. Like we're we're like hovering on curse of Osiris levels of negativity. Um, See, that kind of surprises me a little bit from the very vocal parts of the community. I sh I should say I see an equal number of people saying, "Hey, I'm still really enjoying myself." Um, it's mainly a lot of players who play predominantly PvP who are just incredibly frustrated with the game, and I can't blame them. But I think that combined with the network issues has made a lot of players just be like, fuck this, I'm done, I'm walking away, um, maybe not for good, but I'm going to start expanding outwards to other things. Um, this is a good first step, I think, to share this information. And like, I've seen some complaints that, oh, Bungie doesn't share with us as much as they used to. You know, somebody was somebody was trying to do a gotcha tweet earlier and be like, Bungie gets, keeps getting nominated for best community uh, management at the Game Awards and this and that, you know, and, you know, they've even won once or twice, you know, then how did, how did we go from that to this? And it's like, well, you fuckers decided you were going to make death threats to a community manager. <laughs> you decided you were going to make death threats to the lead gameplay designer. You decided you were going to send threats to Bungie HQ all over an in-game item that isn't even in-game and over gameplay changes. It uh, it reminds me of the time, what, what was it, Treyarch? I think it was like the director of uh, Black Ops 2 or something. Black Ops or Black Ops 2. 
had a sniper, a particular sniper nerfed in game, and they had like higher private security for him because he was what? getting so many threats. Yep. Oh, this was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, this was way back in the day. Like they deemed that there was enough of a threat to the, uh, to the game director. Yeah. I'm just like, this is why, this is why one of the most open studios on the face of the earth suddenly got really closed off to you guys. That's why they went and made generic Twitter accounts and Reddit accounts and things like that. And why they just don't interact as much because when they were open with you guys, all they were met with was harassment and bullshit. So I can't say I'm entirely too bad. And then I see other people being like, oh, you know, man, it really sucks since damage left. And I will say like damage was a lot more open, but I think he was also more open than he should have been. I appreciate yeah. community managers who are really frank and blunt with the community, uh-huh. but maybe don't do it on your personal account. Yeah, I I think also I think damage still comes from like the quote unquote old Bungie too, right? Where like you know they, you know Deej was really open and damage became really open because he kind of yeah. took over that spot, and now they're kind of adjusting because they have a lot of newer people you know i mean there's people that are still there for that have been there for a while but you know there's a lot of newer people running the the community stuff and it's like okay why why open them up to harassment right you know you know because we've seen liana time and time again be like hey please stop please stop sending me like hate mail over something that's happening in game you you know i don't have any effect on the decisions being made right and it's just it's really frustrating to see and like i've seen an uptick in it with how bad that the with how bad the servers have been like if i was a community manager i would never want people to know that i have a twitter profile yeah that shit would be locked down it'd be privated everything just because like i don't want to deal with the bullshit yeah um we've seen it a lot you know this week with other things you know the ftc uh hearing that's been going on with uh you know between them and microsoft you know, there's yeah. been journalists who are covering it are getting, you know, a bunch of bullshit thrown their way. Sites that are covering it are because, you know, oh, you're you're playing fanboys like, no, they're literally reporting what's happening in the trial. And it's not mm-hmm. too favorable for one side right now. Yeah. So, you know, when you have a game with this big of a player base, which is still averaging like a million daily active users or something across all platforms. Yeah, it's understandable the negative voices are going to be the biggest but like i think that this this is a quality step in the right direction and we're going to get into the roadmap to see exactly what they plan on doing here um but they have stuff they have stuff planned through season 23 right now um to address this so this is not something that's going to happen overnight um it does sound like a lot of this is not going to happen like a lot of the stability probably will not be fixed until around the time of the showcase which is really unfortunate and i think they're going to see numbers dip and this is not a time where you can really afford for those numbers to dip honestly um with you know your final expansion for the game on its way out and you know you're about to release a new raid and well a reprised raid it's just, I guess your only saving grace is, okay, the storyline for the season is over at least. We're just working on the exotic quest now. Yeah, so this is all just like, man, I'm I'm glad they have a roadmap, but like, do you, do you think people want more content in a time where the game is broken, though? I mean, like, 
like a or would you rather them have some i mean that, that's the catch 22 fix. like yeah. do you do you still want consistent content or do you want them to fix the game but yeah. those two teams also aren't mutually exclusive i know i know like, they aren't i know and that's aren't. that's what i need a lot of i need i need gamers to understand that in general because like for example not destiny related but destiny adjacent halo put out a tweet today about they are making a uh, remote control warthog mm-hmm. and you know, that's Mattel who's making it or whoever has the license for those those toys now, Jazzwares, whoever it is. And the top comment on there was, why are you able to release fucking toys and not fit, not put more content in your game? And this is somebody that I don't know if they were being serious or facetious, but clearly, like, just was disassociated with reality. And it's like, they were explained to multiple times in the replies, like, you do know that this is like another company that's making this right. And they were just going on and on and on about this. Like, Oh, you know, this game, this game doesn't have any content. Like you see the same complaint about every single online game, not enough content, not enough content, not enough content, play other things. Yeah. Play other things. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know you want to play destiny. I want to play destiny too, but I've been partially because of the server issues. I've been able to play and just, you know, kind of like middling content. I've been able to play so many other things. Like, Go play other things. It's good for you. I understand why content creators are so stressed out about this. Like, if you're bread and butter, it's making Destiny content. I understand the frustration there. I totally get it. I totally get it. I totally understand it. And, you know, you're worried that your audience isn't going to follow. And, like, for a lot of them, their audiences won't follow. They follow them purely for Destiny stuff. Well, I mean, that's why, like... I mean, you see a lot of people pivoting now, like uh, Grenader, Grenader Jake, right? He's pivoting now, but, like... Even a while ago, you saw people like Gathalion and Broman pivot because like. Oh, they, they pivoted knew. years ago. That's, that's what I'm saying is like they yeah. did it. They they had the foresight to to know um, that. Who was it? Know? Glad pivoted during Beyond Light. It yeah. was he pivoted. And now he pivoted for different reasons. He pivoted after everybody got mad at him over Deep Stone Crypt, which yeah. I still think that like those comments were probably out of line, but he, I get it. I get feeling that way. Yeah. Um. And I mean, we, we've seen other player, other people like Datto and, you know, Fife be able to make other content that's not Destiny related and still do really well. Then there's guys that I really like, like Fallout Place. He just, he did a Counter-Strike video and it just did not do good. And he, you know, was kind of publicly talking about it. Like, I don't understand why this didn't do, didn't do really good. This is really disheartening to see. And 35,000 views is apparently disheartening. Um, yeah. Look, I get excited like, when our YouTube channel gets like 50 views, you know? I'm like, right. yeah. <laughs> it's like... You have to be able to pivot with your audience, but it has to be things that your audience likes. Like True Vanguard is trying to do this right now, right? Like he's like, "Oh, my channel when when Starfield comes out, it's just gonna be a Starfield channel for like at least a month." And I'm like, "Okay, good luck, I guess." Like, what do you what do you want us to say? Like, you're already starting with Star Starfield stuff, and it's not coming out for a couple months. Right. Good luck. Mm. Good luck, man. Like I, I have no like no ill intentions or ill will towards anyone who's trying to pivot and figure out like what to do because this is their bread, this is their bread and butter, this is how they make a living. But like this kind of go and this this is like a meta commentary and not just like on server issues, but it's like streaming isn't a viable like lifelong career for ninety nine point nine percent of us, right? Content mm-hmm. creation is just not it's cool to make money and it's really cool. I think like when you're younger, you're like, Oh my God, like I, I can make money doing this. And like these people do. And I, I want to be clear. Like a lot of these creators do work incredibly hard. have really good production values. have good scripts, 
I'm good at the game, etc. But I think there comes a time where you have to kind of read the room and be like, mm-hmm. all right, I got to take some chances here. Like maybe every third or fourth video I do isn't a Destiny video just to like get my audience prepared for, hey, in the future, I'm probably going to change. I'm probably going to have to change games, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what happens post final shape. Yeah. And I don't think there's ever been a better time to do it than this year with the variety of games. I mean, so many Destiny players have gone to play Diablo, for example. I know there's going to be a pretty big, uh, probably not as much, but there's going to be, you know, a good chunk of us are going to go play Baldur's Gate. A lot of us, I would say, who have PC or Xbox are going to be playing Starfield. There is, like, there, there, is, there is room to make other content. There is. It's not like we're saying, oh, you need to go make Call of Duty content or something. It's like, there's plenty of other quality games you can do stuff for. It's just... Yeah. Do you do you want to? You know, we saw a lot, and a lot of them. I think were kind of scared off because they tried to do division or they tried to do Warframe content a few years back, and it just did not go over well for anybody. Yeah, right. And like something like Doom can come out, like Doom Eternal can come out, and like okay, cool. Like that's that's like three videos for you, maybe. Like yeah, those are the kind of games. Like if you don't get in on them, single player games, it's like you don't get in on them right away, and you're like nobody's ever going to watch that stuff. Right. So. You have to pick and choose. But anyways, that's that's like really meta and broad. Uh, getting back to the server changes, we do have a roadmap here. And I think this is actually like, this is, pr- this is pretty, this is a pretty decent list, I think. Uh, so like a lot of backdoor terminology stuff, but uh, let's go through it anyways. Uh, key milestones over the next two seasons. So ongoing, so right now. We will continue to make improvements to our production and deployment processes to reduce the risk of disruption for players while reducing maintenance and deployment downtime windows, constantly improve our response procedures for incident recovery to bring Destiny 2 back online as quickly as possible when incidents occur. This work has been ongoing and will continue throughout the timeline. Um, So the mid-season patch, which is update 7.1.5, that I think is probably still another week or two off. Um... We will make targeted improvements to our logging and alerting systems, allowing us to diagnose issues more quickly with claims and related systems. These changes are designed to minimize the risk of further degrading stability while helping us confirm the effectiveness of fixes further out on the roadmap. Um, and in the season 22 launch, this is really when most this is when most everything is going to happen. We're deploying a large set of improvements meant to improve the self-healing ability of claims and reduce the odds of us needing to bring the game offline when an issue occurs. We're adding functionality for services that detect claim services that are in an unhealthy state and send their messages to healthy services instead. We are making six targeted fixes to claims where we have identified issues that could impact stability or recovery, and we're making an improvement to better evict old gameplay messages in our pipelines, which should help with faster recoveries and reduce the chance of a death spiral of slow messages causing more slow messages. So like delayed loot and things like that. Right. We're also deploying improvements that will help us make Destiny 2 services more robust in the future, such as support for targeted chaos testing against our services, allowing us to better simulate different failure models for our services and adding more logging for non-claims portions of our messaging pipelines to detect other issues that can lead to connection problems for players. Finally, to reduce the odds of introducing new problems with these changes, we are also updating and expanding claim unit tests. This is automated testing that verifies code is behaving the way we expect it should. And then with the Season 23 launch, based on the results of our 7.2.0 updates and improved logging, we will be targeting deeper and broader 
architectural improvements to improve the service stability and rapid recovery of Destiny 2, which will include a range of additional improvements. So I expect anything for that. We're probably not going to hear anything on this front until I would say showcase time. I do mm-hmm. think they have to take time during that. That's when all that's when all eyes are on you, right? People right. from across the industry are watching it that day. And I mean, it's pretty, it's been pretty well reported how bad the stability is these days. Yeah. I mean, like The Verge is reporting on it constantly, right? Right. Um, you're going to have to publicly address it. And a showcase shouldn't mean you just talk about the good shit. You got to own up to the bad shit too. Yeah. You have to. Like that's, that's your moment to be completely vulnerable with everyone. Like, why should we be playing your game? Like own up to your shortcomings. You've had a lot of them this year. Yeah. I think this is the time. And like, we, we may have our gripes about the story and stuff, but I care infinitely more. I can take like a story that kind of dwaddles in a few places or like, ah, the expansion didn't meet, meet my exceedingly high goals. I can't deal with connection issues like this. No online game. It's it's crazy. It's interesting. It's, I, I, it's, I just kind of like, I don't know, man. I just feel like they've been on such an upward trajectory since Arrivals, right? And then the Witch Queen was so good. And now, like, I don't understand what happened between that and now, like, to where yeah. these issues are occurring. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, they've said, you know, when they deployed the fixes, it fucked some things up in the background. Like, what do we always say when we don't know what's going on and what when Bungie doesn't know? Spaghetti, spaghetti code. So it's like, yeah, they may have had this new robust system, but it reacted really badly with code written in like 2014. Yeah. So, because I, and like, I also don't know, you know, does, does claims support both Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 or what? Like, are there, you know, there issues in both games or is it just D2 or just D1? Because we've seen them just take D1 offline before and not D2. It's like, there's, there's a lot of things here. And I want to read this last paragraph that they have here. So please note some of these changes will be structural in nature and can introduce additional instability as we initially roll them out. We will work to minimize this risk with deep testing and around the clock monitoring and will implement the most appropriate response needed to get everyone back online as quickly as possible when instability occurs. Our goal is to give Destiny 2 players the best possible experience and we look forward to seeing the results of the work we've been doing since Lightfall's launch to improve stability. Um... Yeah, I think it, it was going really well. And then clearly some, something happened in like mid-April that brought everything crashing down. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe they'll talk about it in the future. But this is the kind of shit we needed to see like two, three weeks ago. Yeah. I. It's yeah. entirely possible that it took that long to come up with a plan. And they were like, okay, hey, our short-term fixes are not working. I think that when they gave us that explanation last month's Schwab that they talked about, that uh about what they were trying to do to improve stability i think that was like the stopgap, and they hoped that would be it and then it just like went it cratered from there that was that was five weeks ago march 18th or may 18th is when we got that in the job may 18th and it's just i would argue it's been the worst it's ever been since then yeah it's like by far uh, yeah no i agree i agree with you it's it sucks. I feel bad. I, I do feel bad for the team, right? Like, I do feel bad, but we can, what can you do, I guess? I mean, they they have people that are a lot smarter than us trying to figure this out, so I'm not going to, like, <laughs> you know. Did you plug it in? Did you unplug it? Did you restart it? Pretty much. I kind of feel like at a certain point, it's 
it's Patrick Starr going, SpongeBob, we have technology. And he's pointing at the dollar bill and he just takes the computer and starts beating the dollar bill with it. That's how I imagine that it must be going at times. Because I would be just so, I would be so frustrated if I... I, and I think also compounding this, I want to address one other thing that I've seen constantly online, and I haven't necessarily seen this in our community, but it's a prevailing theory online, which I think is just fucking asinine, by the way, that there is only a skeleton crew working on Destiny and everyone's been shifted to Marathon. Oh, I know. I saw that, too. I saw that, too. I'm like, are you joking? To intentionally sabotage their only moneymaker. Right. If you if you believe that, I'm sorry, you, you fucking deserve the state of the game, okay? Oh like gosh. you really do you fucking deserve what you're getting at this point if you actually believe that yeah i saw i saw that i'm like what do you mean do you still do you not understand like how much production is still like in the game whether the game's broken or not like the production value is still there and the game still has to like i don't know man people are <laughs> i like i understand that like you took you probably like it was a mix of like taking some engineers and some, you know, hiring some engineers to go, you know, make marathon work. But like, you don't take the whole team, you know. I mean, they pretty clearly took the PvP team. I will say that. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but you, I'm, yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I think we can all agree on is uh, Destiny Two PvP has been sent out the die at this point. Yeah, you're not. But you're not. That's worried. not. That's not server stability issues. Yeah. So. I don't. I, Your guess is as good as mine, Josh. I don't. You know, this, I mean. <laughs> this is so dumb. This is this is the dumbest possible timeline. Is it the timeline? I mean, it's like pr- it's pretty close to being the dumbest timeline, I think. Well, let's let's go over it. Let's see why I'm gonna. Oh, I know why it's dumb. I mean, the people who are sitting here screaming about the marathon stuff—that that's pretty close to the dumbest timeline. Oh, like we're actually we're actually at a point where a not insignificant, a non-zero amount of players <laughs> of Destiny Two actually think that that's a I, thing that's happening i th- i thought you were talking about the uh, the, the their kind of time frame moving into season 23 i thought we were moving off the dumb people no i'm not happening. i'm still fixated on the dumb people you're talking about our universe's timeline and how yes dumb we are, are in the dumbest possible timeline i'm i'm caught up now it's it's bad it's really bad I, I just, if you actually, if you actually think that that's happening, please, I, I implore you to please go outside. Or if you think that the server stability people and the server stability team who is, you know, clearly working to improve claims and whatnot has any effect on the content that you play in game, like just stop it. Fucking right. stop. Don't make me get the spray bottle out. Just fucking stop it. Yeah. I'll do it. I got one right here. He's got one. I got one right here. That's, hmm. Is that that's hmm, hmm, that's air freshener? Oh no, it's not. Oh, it looks like it. Hmm. No, it is a it is a water bottle. Thank you very much. It's up and up brand hmm. from Target. Oh boy, we do have a little bit more stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. uh let, let's check out the rest of this this here uh, 
Twab Omatic. The Twab. There's really not much more in here. I was actually lying. Um, drown the the drip in the deep contest. You can check out some of the winners. I'm not super impressed by them. I think drip our fashion contests deep. are better personally. Oh yeah. Um, which shout out to Joasis for sponsoring our newest one. Uh, Nerd just did one for the best villain look, and uh, Joasis decided he wanted to sponsor one for the worst drip you can come up with to give uh, the server title Abomination out to somebody. I think that was actually really great. Um, yeah, there's. There's really not a lot. I well, I will say, I think the uh, I think the white and red hunter is actually really cool. Um, I dig it. I dig it. They actually made the class item look decent. Um, beyond that, there's just there's not a there's not a lot here. There is a contest going on for uh, the community to design an emblem for the Bungie Day festivities next week. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Go for it. You can enter that. Um. All the parameters can be found inside of the uh, inside the Schwab, and that's that's actually probably it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. That's that's about the it. Twab. The Schwab basically was the uh, server explanation. Um, there's some. There's also a blog post you can read about Bungie Day. Uh, not really gonna go into that too much. Uh, it's a lot of different uh, incentives that you can reach, um, and they're gonna do uh, days of prizes there. There is an interesting note in here. They're going to bring new stuff, new and returning things back to the store, as well as restocking some Bungie rewards that are no longer purchasable. That was a little weird to see, as long as you've earned the triumph associated. So I was like, okay. I don't know. But Corey, we have some story stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, big story stuff big story stuff it I, uh, is the uh it's the conclusion <laughs> to the seasonal storyline i had a i had a dream last night josh oh yeah that i went down to my basement to get some game stuff out to try to like reorganize stuff and in the corner was a was a dead savathun oh a, that's not creepy at all no it was it was it was creepy it was scary i i believe it I believe mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, this cutscene, man. So first off, let's let's talk about the mission. So the mission, you're teaming up with three titans, which is pretty cool. It's Zavala, really four. Zavala, Sloan, Saladin, and Saint are all a part of it. Yeah, and you're getting their constant chatter over the radio along with Drifter while you're going in, and you're going through all these super slow moving. Well, all the water sections, basically, that we've had throughout. And you're going through these, and you are constantly hearing them talking and just, like, hearing that they're being over... Positions are being overrun and this and that. And you're in this slow-ass water part, and you just, like, feel this urgency to get in there. You finally get into the boss arena. And as you start killing off the witches one by one to stop the ritual, Zivu Arath is screaming during it. Screaming and laughing. Like... Yeah. This is like, this is what she actually wants, essentially. Yeah. And so you, you do all that. It's a really hectic final room. It's a fun one, but it's a really hectic final room at times. And then you get a cutscene that miraculously, miraculously did not leak. I don't know how this didn't get data mined, but it didn't get data mined. Um, Servers were done. <laughs> well, I'm saying because like the witness one got leaked the first day of the season and somehow this didn't. Yeah. 
and not even the dialogue did. Uh, maybe it was part of the hot fix that went in on Tuesday. I don't know, but you get you get back there, and uh, Sloan has the final communion with uh, Asha essentially, and you learn the truth of everything that the way through the portal is going to be revealed to you by Savathun. Yep. We have to resurrect old Savathun. Yep. The exchange that follows between Zavala, Saint, and Saladin is outstanding. It is one of the most emotional, raw moments that we've gotten in a very long time. Saladin is furious because Zavala is just like, okay, we do it. So is Shax. Like, they're just like, yeah, we, we do it. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't like it, but we're going to do it. And Saint is like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, And we know Saint's reservations because of what happened to Osiris. Right. And then... Saladin basically Saladin is essentially speaking for Keitel here. He's not speaking for himself, he's speaking for Keitel. He's mm-hmm. like, the Empress is going to be furious about this. And Zavala is basically like, tough shit. Like, this is the only way. Like, if basically if you guys have a better plan, I'm all for it. But here we are, you know, it's been two seasons. Essentially, it's been two seasons. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, we have to get through that portal somehow, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. She doesn't like the witness any more than we do, you know, and basically he's like, we'll resurrect her, and Eris and Ikora will stand by the ready. Basically, you make, I essentially really think it's going to be like us holding her ghost and be like, okay, either you play nice or we snap him. Yeah. We crush your ghost. Like, you've seen what we've done to all your lieutenants here. Yeah. And I think that introduces its own questions. Like, would the light blade technically be on our side now? I mean, you would assume because we don't kill the ghost; the ghost disappears. Yeah. So I mean, you would the light. What What would you do if we had a mission where the light blade was on our side? Oh, man, that would be. And instead of chasing us, he was clearing the way. I mean, that would. That would make sense, I think. I mean, would that just that be like be kinda... a great full circle move? Like, I just imagine <clears throat> Sabathun getting resurrected and be like, "Oh, hey guys!" Yeah, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> so imagining... you've come back. You've you've come to bargain. So you know, you guys, you guys did resurrect Oryx, right? And the guardians are just kind of awkwardly looking around, like, um, about this... that. <laughs> this kind of. I feel like this is going to be the, the we are actually building up the Avengers Endgame moment, right? Like this kind of feels yeah. like the beginning of that. Um, well, I guess the middle of that. It go all quicker if this is the beginning. Yeah. No, I mean, like I, I, I think we started it last year. Yeah. Yeah. No, with with uh, Keitel, I think probably. Yeah. Um, it, but this is like the the big major step now, right? Like this is the this is the uh, we have the wakanda army coming through the portal right not just black panther yeah you're an army of lucian hive now Um, yeah my question is if this is happening here and we pretty much resolve obviously we've resolved the cabal storyline at this point yeah um, does that leave the final season 
to be Mithrax and Aramis. Because it kind of has to at this point. That's I mean, the, that's the one major outstanding storyline that they're going to have to resolve from the seasonal storylines before we get to the end. Yeah, but would they do that? Would they do that two 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 seasons and one expansion? Because it it like I mean I guess they would have to, but like it it just seems they're, like they're they always focus. To. They're going to yeah. have to. They just always because, seem to I mean, focus on. You know, we've we've gone in the past where like, oh, we've gotten a Keitel based season and then we get a Mithrax one, mm-hmm. you know, with like two others kind of thrown in there. Yeah. And I really feel like we're gearing up for that. Like we've had enough Keitel. I just I, and I I don't remember if you were the one who said it. Uh, it was either you or somebody in the discord was like, I can't wait for them to cram Savathun into Zavala's office. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we were for the next cut scene. at some point and I was like no we're just going to be Zavala's just going to be holding open court out there by uh, Ikora and Hawthorne yeah and we're just yeah. Be like what the fuck is that thing just hanging out in the sky yeah I wonder I wonder how I... man I wonder but just how do you how do you like how do you address that like I just keep imagining that like we get this army and this fleet together and in the background you see Savathun and Zevo Wrath just duking it out yeah um there, there's so many things you can do and destiny always subverts the expectations I'm very curious to see how they handle this resurrection because I don't think it can be a whole season long thing I think this is something you kind of got to get to like pretty quickly I mean, I could see it happening in like the first or second week of a of a of a season, right? And I think it's got it's probably gonna be like the midway point. I would think. Like, I really can't imagine you taking a whole season to do this. No, but I can't imagine it also being something that we just do like in week one. Yeah. So it is. It, this is going to be the probably the theme of next season, though, right? Is oh, this has her? to be the theme of next season. Has to be. I don't think you can leave this until the last season. Yeah, because you can't. You have like... to resolve this now, and then that's why I was saying. I think you do this now, and then you save Mithrax and Aramis for the season leading into the final shave. Yeah. Um, that'd be really awkward if it was switched switched around. Oh, that'd be very, that'd be extremely awkward. Um, yeah. I think they actually kind of missed an opportunity to resolve Mithrax and Aramis this season instead of doing the Titan stuff. But who yeah. knows? Um, I mean, okay. it's also in, it actually is entirely possible that they save. It depends on like what planets we go to. If Mercury and Io come back, like we suspect they will, yeah. Um, then Sabathun probably has something to do with Io because that's the place the Traveler last was before the pyramids arrived. Yeah. So who like who knows what happens there? I'm just I'm very curious to see how this all plays out and to see if Savathun's hanging out in the fucking tower next year. You think which it's is still tower? just you the think funniest the thing helm. to think about. You think she's chilling in the helm, like one of those side rooms that they change. Oh my god, dude, there there's not a room big enough. She'd have to be like sitting outside the window, just like staring at us. Yeah. I don't know. She's she's you think she's bigger than Oryx? Like she's like, fucking huge. She's not as big as Oryx, but she's fucking huge. Yeah, I, I guess I, she's significantly bigger than us. I, man, I got, I gotta, I don't. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
She is significantly bigger than us. I'm thinking about that last boss fight in Witch Queen now. Even even that, which I'd argue is probably a smaller version of her, she's still fucking huge. Yeah. Uh, It's just hard hard to gauge, like, their real size because they change sizes all the time. I mean, that's fair. She could take on a smaller form, but you're a god. Why would you do that? To fit in the room? With everybody no, else. No. <laughs> no, she can go sit at the tower. She can sit up on that like little half finished gazebo but behind Ikora. <laughs> uh, maybe she's maybe Hawthorne comes down from her perch and she's just sitting up there, like with her feet dangling down. That would be pretty funny, actually. She's just like looking out over the city. Get down, human. <laughs> pretty much. Um no, I, I think there. I think there's some things you can do there, but it definitely opens up. Like the storytelling possibilities are blown open wide, and I'm starting to wonder because they like the theme, the returning shit with what's going on in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So when we got Vault of Glass back, it was during a Vex season. When we got Oryx back, it was during a season where we were ultimately hunting parts of Nezarak, who, you know, another raid boss. Mm-hmm. What if they pull a fast one on us? It's not Wrath of the Machine, Corey. Oh, no, don't tell me. What if it's Crota's End? No. What if it's Crota's End remade? No. You would not take a remade Crota's End. Like a fully realized six-man raid of Crota. You wouldn't take that. Dude, they would have to add so much to that. They've already said, but I mean, they already have to remake the, they already have to rebuild Wrath of the Machine for this anyways. I know. Why not make a brand new version of the raid while you're at it? Of Crota. I don't know, man. I think people I would welcome would be pretty, it. I would welcome it. Bring it on. I think, people, I think people would be pretty mad, but also it does go with the theme of the whole thing. Oh, I don't like it. Bring it on. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I, it would, Crota would make more sense than Wrath, to be honest, in terms of like catching people up with the story and who these characters are. But Wrath is so good, man. Wrath is so good. It's It's really good. good. I would like to actually finish it one of these days. Oh my gosh, man. That final encounter is so good. Uh, would no, I never finished it. Um, so hard. And I, that would also solve the problem of we have to think of a new exotic. Because you could easily use, ugh, God forbid, No Land Beyond is actually the exotic. Um, you could use oh, Necrochasm Stone. Yeah. Which would almost certainly have to be it. Yeah. What if you got Crota's Sword as an exotic? I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be really fucking cool. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool, actually. No, they wouldn't uh, do that. They wouldn't do that. They'd make it like Fang of Iryud is now an exotic or something. And it just like gross. Gross. <laughs> gross. I'm gonna ban you. I You were yeah. already gonna ban me for my hot takes before the podcast, that's, Josh. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> for the record, Corey thinks the Phantom Menace is the best prequel movie. Sure do. You are an abomination. Pod racing, man. You're an abomination. Qui-Gon Jinn. How dare you? Darth Order Maul. 60, Order 66 is right there, Corey. But they don't do anything. They kill the entire Jedi Order, you fuck! They don't show any of it, though. <laughs> they do! They literally do! 
No, they show just... the Jedi Council being killed on screen. What is wrong with you? Oh, so they kicked Mace Windu out of a window. Big deal. Mace Windu gets kicked out. Kit Fisto is cut down. Egan Kolar is cut down. Sassy's Ted is cut down. Plo Koon is blown up in his ship. Yoda is almost assassinated. They kill that one chick on the speeder bike. The Conehead guy is killed by his troopers. Yeah, well, the Conehead Bro, guy. They killed so many of them off. We literally watch half the Jedi Council get written out. Wipe the Ayla Sakura is gunned down in the forest. She pulls out her lightsaber, can't even activate because she's shot in the back so many times. But Josh. Bro. But Josh. Bro. Josh. No pod I racing. I swear to fucking God if you say pod racing. <laughs> no! <laughs> also, no Qui-Gon Jinn. Bro, we got Anakin no fighting. Either. Listen, we got like five lightsaber duels in one movie, okay? <laughs> Anakin beats the shit out of Count Dooku, Okay. Yoda versus Sidious, Obi-Wan versus Anakin, Obi-Wan versus Grievous, Mace versus Palpatine. Like, come on, man. You've got like half of the best saber fights in the franchise in one movie. No pottery. You've got the best. You've got the best opening to any Star Wars movie with the battle over Coruscant. Oh, man, this is so fun. You are unbelievable. You are, <laughs> you are a disgrace. Mm, that's fair. You are a disgrace, Corey. I was also defending Crystal Skull too, by the way. <laughs> God, I just, I, I can't stand you. I literally cannot stand you. Oh man, Josh. All but right, you'll come back every Thursday. <sighs> We're here. Uh, we're going to questions we're going to questions because i can't handle this man anymore uh, you can't handle the truth josh there is no truth to what <laughs> you you're know saying. it to be true this is a disgrace <laughs> do it I'm so upset right now oh man so good unreal okay saint goes <laughs> I know y'all are probably going to talk about this already, but that has to be one of the coolest ending moments in a cinematic part of the story. Now that we're bringing the Witch Queen back, do you think we are the ones who bring Oryx back as well? Mm-hmm. And if so, we would have three Hive Gods on our side heading into the final shape. Uh, we would have two Hive Gods. You would have Oryx and you would have Sabathun. Ziva Wrath clearly is not on our side. And uh, Asha does not count, by the way. So you would have <sighs> two Hive Gods. Unless there's someone I'm forgetting. Uh, why would oh my gosh this is man so if we're not bringing oryx back no but if we did man this would just be turning into like a really bad cw yeah this would be the equivalent of the cw doing crisis on infinite earths this would be andy muschetti's flash movie that's what this would be here's the thing none of those shows are really that good but i love them all this also would only make 12 million dollars in its second weekend as a movie (laughs) Um, and I think the next couple seasons are bringing about the final members of the band together and closing off some sold story beats. Yep, we just talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, you just got your answer. Jiggly Panda writes Jiggly in and asks, Panda. My fire team had a fun debate while running a dungeon the other day. Who are you taking in a fatal four, four way WWE style match? Zavala, Shax, Saint, or Saladin? Saint or Saladin? Hmm. I would say, I would say Saladin. I'm going I think, Saladin. I think Shax is too aggressive and too 
you know, he's he's too aggressive, and he I think he he acts before he thinks. So I think that would. I think Shax would be providing so much commentary that he'd get his ass beat. <laughs> I think I think I think it would actually come down to Saladin and Zavala, uh, but Zavala is is the is just the under the underling, so Saladin would just dominate. I've got Zavala and Saint. I I think it comes down. I mean, Saint survived in the Infinite Forest for like eight hundred years with a shotgun. It's fair, and he was out of ammo by the time he got back. So I the first clip that we see of him coming back through the portal is him like headbutting a Minotaur. So yeah. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. It's it comes down to Satan Saladin. Saladin, I feel fights really dirty though because he was from the Dark Age. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going I'm going Saladin. I also think he's going to whip out that axe and just beat some ass. Huh. Um. And then oh, side note: during the mission, did you like when I heard the Iron War Beasts? I thought that we were getting Cabal Dogs. Imagine my shock when like three Centurions started running around. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was delicious. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. What are some upcoming? Here's a great question for Corey. What are some upcoming movies you guys are excited for either this year or next year? Indiana Jones, everybody. Indiana Jones, which is going to be out by the time you listen to this. It's out right now, actually, because I almost went this afternoon. I bet it's the best one. I hate you so much. (laughs) This is Raiders of the Lost Ark slander. I don't even know what movies are coming up. I don't even know what's coming so out. So I said this is a great question for Corey. What's coming out, Josh? Well, I mean, you're the Dune Part guy 2. Here. I didn't see Dune Part 1. Oh my god, Corey. Dune Part 2 is coming out. I'm very excited for Dune, if you can't tell. Very very excited. There's actually not like a lot I'm going to watch this year. I'm going to watch Dune Part 2. I want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. I'll watch anything that Scorsese and Leo want to do together. I'm very excited for Mission Impossible. I love Mission Impossible. And uh, Tom Cruise launches himself off a mountain on a bike in this one. Yeah. I saw the 10 minute AMC behind the scenes when I saw uh, Avatar and IMAX, and it was delicious. So uh, excited for that. Let's no, see. I am not excited for Aquaman or for the Marvels. I'm. Uh, I don't even know. I don't. I have no idea what the movies God, are what coming else? out. I'm. I'm like actually struggling to remember what else is coming out this year. Wonka, it says, is coming out? No, I'm not watching that. Uh, Corey, Corey's excited for Gran Turismo. No. Pass. Are you sure? Yeah. What about Craven the Hunter? No, I have zero interest. <laughs> It'll come out. so bad. I'll watch it. I'll watch it when it comes to either Netflix or Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, there's really not a, there's really not a lot. Although, I did, I did finally watch Venom and Morbius. I'm so sorry. Venom was fun. No, Morbius was weird. It's not good. Don't lie. Don't lie. Venom was fun. I enjoyed Venom. Venom is not fun. There's nothing fun about that movie. No, Venom was super fun. No. I'm the problem. I'm the reason why all these movies keep existing. You you are the problem. You are I exactly also like all three origin all three Transformers movies. The first ones. So Corey likes the good Transformers movie. He likes the racist ass one, and he likes the one that inexplicably gets rid of Megan Fox for some reason. Yeah. I do. And then she became uh, April Neal in the in the Ninja Turtles movies, and I like those too. Technically speaking, Beyond the Spider Verse is supposed to come out next year, so of course hype for that. It's not coming out next year though. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Furiosa, 
pretty hyped for that. Mad Max Fury Road is one of my favorite movies ever made. Hmm. So I'll gladly watch a prequel to it. Um, there's another Mission Impossible next summer. Are you excited just... for Mufasa, The Lion King? No, I didn't even watch the remake. I did not either. Uh, um, th- okay, so there is another Alien coming out next year, and I really I, like Alien. I've never seen any of the Alien movies. Ugh, David Lasby is just crying right now. Uh, tra- there is an animated Transformers movie coming next summer that I'm genuinely very excited for. I am actually very hyped up for this. It's called Transformers 1. And uh, Chris Hemsworth is Optimus Prime and Brian Tyree Henry is Megatron. Oh, well, that's a... Keegan-Michael Key is Bumblebee and John Hamm is Sentinel Prime. Oh my god, I'm going to have to watch that then. I'm extremely excited for this because... That sounds like uh, a pretty good cast. Yeah, let me, let me fucking tell you. The, so the plot of the movie is centered around the origin of the Transformers and will explore the events that led to Optimus and Megatron to go from being best friends to being mortal enemies. With the plot being mapped out to progress over a trilogy of films, allowing for the Cybertronian characters to progress to who they are in the live-action films. Bring it on! Let's go! Lawrence Fishburne is Alpha Trion? Scarlett Johansson is in this? Let's go! No humans! No humans is the biggest part here. Well, no yeah, I mean, if it's, on, if it's on Cybertron, then I'm sure... It's great. And it's the director of uh, Toy Story 4 is doing it. Oh. Let's see. Aren't there like four or five Fast and Furious movies coming out this year, too? No. Are you sure? But it's, There's uh, one. There's at least one. Yeah, it already one came of... out and it was dog shit. Oh, did it come out already? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I am genu- I'm genuinely very excited for this, though. Very, very excited for this. Ninja Turtles comes out this year. I'm excited to watch Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles does come out this year. Gladiator 2 is next year. God, another sequel we don't need. <laughs> Um, Sonic 3 is next year too I'm very excited for another Sonic the Hedgehog I still need to watch the second one but the first one was very good I love the second one I, I love it so much it's so great it's so big dumb and stupid and it made me wonder why people think that the Mario movie is so good because Sonic was so Sonic 2 was so much better if you're talking in terms of like pure fan service man Sonic, yeah. Sonic had it all it had a plot and it had fan service and it Idris Elba's Knuckles come on yeah that's pretty good that's a good. Great. That's great casting. It's great. So there's a there's a lot of really good movies. But that that uh not Star Wars movie by Zack Snyder's coming out this year too, right? Rebel oh, Moon. Oh, gross! Or Rebel Moon. Ugh. I I will be skipping that. Uh, Nothing that with Power the word Zack Snyder will be viewed in my house. <laughs> that weird Power Rangers uh, movie came out this year too. The, what, the Mighty uh, Morphin reunion or whatever it was. Yeah, where they only got Ew, like gross. three people to do it. <laughs> Like, why um, even do it at this point? We have one final part of the question from Jiggly Panda. Okay. And they ask what movies we're excited for. Are we excited for the Five Nights at Freddy movie coming out this year? No. No. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, no. No. <laughs> I don't know how to expand that without being mean, so I'm just going to say no. Cade's <laughs> uh, Ace in the Hole writes in, Going off Josh's near heart attacks during the NBA draft, for both Corey and Josh, who would be someone from the sporting world you would want to have dinner with? Oh, God. Oh, God. Listen, it's... Shaq. Oh, Shaq would be great. Shaq. That's my that's my choice. I So... He was at I'm an event couple... we were at for work. And I I'm of a couple go. different minds here. I, I, like, I like Shaq. Really, the entire Inside the NBA crew on TNT I could go with. 
Shaq, Ernie, Shaq. Char, yeah, Charles. Uh, oh man, I I could I could go for that. Yeah, Char- um, Charles would be really blunt about everything. Charles, you got to pick Charles of San Antonio <laughs> if you're going to do it, though. Uh, um, man. So I mean, for purely selfish reasons, I would have to say Luca. Um, but from a practical standpoint, I would say probably LeBron. Um, yeah. I would love to pick LeBron's mind. Like he is the first NBA player to be worth a billion dollars. Um, I just want to like want to know what goes kind of goes through his mind because uh, you know in Spring Hill, which uh, is in the movies and entertainment and everything else. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he's the most successful Nike athlete ever, besides Michael Jordan himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I would love to get his exact take on what happened with the decision. That's genuinely my thing is I want to know exactly what went through his mind when he became America's villain. Mm, yeah. Um, if you know anything about me, you're probably like, Josh, why are you not saying Dirk? Because I have met Dirk before. Yeah. <laughs> so Dirk is disqualified from the list. Um, very nice guy. Tips extremely well. Fun fact, Josh. Fun fact, Corey. LeBron dunked on me in high school. Did he really? Yeah, he was a senior and I was a freshman during a summer league thing. And I they needed freshmen. Of nope. Did you end up in Sports Illustrated when he dunked on you? Did not. Damn. Nope. Damn. Uh, Casey, so guys if you if you he, LeBron James, would you be like LeBron? You dunked on me, and your crotch probably like hit me in the face. Yeah, it was more of his leg, but you know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was fine. Um, it was all good. Kate also asks, what venues are on your bucket list to visit or see a sporting event at? Venues? Yes. Mm. I'll, answer, I'll answer this one since uh, since Corey's thinking. Uh, I'm going to go with CenturyLink Field in Seattle where the Seahawks play. I have to go see my beloved Seahawks at home. Um, and I'm going to say... I want to see a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden, even though I hate the Knicks. Uh, I mm-hmm. just want to see a basketball game at the Garden. And I would really love to see the Lakers play at Staples Center one day. It's, it's That's not probably Staples my Center three. Anymore, if Josh. I had to pick up, if I was going to do another sport, though, I would honestly say that I would really love to see a baseball game um, out in um, Wrigley Field or mm-hmm. in, um, oh my God, I'm completely blanking. Fenway Park. Yeah. I'd love to go to a baseball game at one of those two. Uh, OG Yankee Stadium would have been on that list. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Madison Square Garden would be cool. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, that's probably honestly, it's probably it. I, I, as a huge Cleveland sports fan, I've been to plenty of games at the at the Q. Have you sat in the dog pound? Uh. <clears throat> for preseason game i have okay okay it's uh it's pretty uh it's pretty rough in there even for preseason i will say i was very young when it happened but i got to go to games at both the original cowboy stadium and at reunion arena nice. when the stars of maps used to play there i got to see all three of them at their respective old arenas and i've seen all three of them at their new arenas um nice so that's pretty fun i would love to go to the new the new ranger stadium is like 15 minutes from where i live and i've never been there um, and it's that stadium's been there for like five years now. I'd really love to go see a game there. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll get out there this fall once it's uh, not historically fucking hot in Texas anymore. 
Yeah. Oh, by the um, way, that those Canada wildfires were visiting oh us. Oh my this god! Week. Yeah. So oh you gosh. guys, that's like toxic air. Yeah, dude. Yesterday, I walked outside. My eyes started burning, and my throat was burning. I'm like, I was gonna say, going how on? bad did you guys get it where you live? Oh, it was it was rough. So man. I got a friend who uh, she lives out in Columbus, and she was like, "It's awful here." Yeah, it was terrible. It oh, was so Jesus bad. Christ. So you have to keep the kids inside too. Yeah. Ugh. It was rough, awful. man. And then uh, Tiger Jesus asks us our final question of the night. Do you think you could Sherpa your NBA team's starting five through any raid? Fuck no. No. <laughs> Have you seen who the... So the starting five for the Dallas Mavericks, I want to be really clear, as of the time of this recording, this could change within like three hours of this recording, since it is about to be free agency bonanza in three hours. Yeah. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Josh Green, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dwight Powell. Okay. Kyrie would probably say something like very like, I don't know, racist against Nazarek or something. I don't know. I listen, (laughs) I am. I will only, I would only do this if I could replace Dwight Powell with Mark Cuban. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, you, you need Powell. Powell is the glue guy. If I could replace Josh Green even though he's the youngest and probably is. So like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset. Cause like Luca, I think I could guide. He, he plays a ton of overwatch. I could guide Luca. Yeah. Kyrie, I think would just be like spouting some flat, flat earth bullshit. <laughs> I really need to figure out who I can sub out for Mark Cuban on this team. Like maybe Reggie Bullock. I could, I could sub out for Mark Cuban because I feel like I need to explain to Mark how video games work. He owns an esports team and I don't think he understands how it works. Yeah, he doesn't see. I mean, he I don't know, man. He looks like he was like maybe owns a PlayStation to play golf or something. Like, I mean, like he does, he Woods. owns an Overwatch and a Call of Duty League team. So like he kind of knows what he's doing. Like Dallas Fuel is in like a horrible esports organization. Yeah. That's the Corey Overwatch could. Team, right? I would have way more faith shepherding the Cleveland Cavaliers starting five. Through yeah, the because they're all like younger than us. <laughs> Twenty five. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Darius Garland. We got Donovan Mitchell. We got Isaac Okoru. Uh, we have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would roll with that squad. Yeah, I'm sure they they probably all play shooters at least. I bet, I bet they play Call of Duty or. Uh, this time tomorrow, you could have Tim Hardaway Jr. on that team, but you didn't hear it from me. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I have zero, I have zero confidence in being able to lead the majority. Luca, this is how Luca leaves Dallas is having to do a raid with me. Oh no, <laughs> and not because of me, but because everybody else would be so bad. Uh, I could probably, so I could probably lead them through King's Fall. And I, I could, could lead probably... them through. I. I cannot lead them through Ron because I cannot begin to explain planets to yeah. these people. Yeah, that I would be like the hardest. I feel like it would have to, to be a raid where like the mechanics are fairly straightforward. It's like maybe Deepstone Crypt. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I could probably lead Deepstone. I could lead Vault. Um, um Scourge of the Past. I probably we probably could have. It's that a re- sunset raid. I know, but it's pretty simple. I could have taken them through uh, Spire of Stars. Hmm. The Demented yeah, Conga line would have been great to watch with five NBA players. <laughs> um, I shan't be doing Last Wish with this team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it, it's 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 bad all around. Uh, I could do Crota's End. I could take him through Crota's End. And yeah. Yeah. That, all right. Uh, Dwight, according, Dwight according, Powell according, is on galley duty. Mm. 
according according to Josh, uh is coming back. You heard it here first. <laughs> I said I think you twat waffle. Uh, Corey, let's yeah, go to the Josh. lore corner. Lore corner. Lore corner. Now that Bunchy has finally unblocked some of this uh, lore, we're going to read the one we were going to do last week, uh, and we'll save uh, the final piece for next week, because these are both fairly long. This is uh, part number five, Expectation, from the Purpose lore book for this season. I don't know what I expected. Savala sits down a data pad on his desk, watching Ikora pace back and forth across his office. I don't know, he sighs. Maybe we should have. Ikora stops pacing. She turns to look at Zavala with an accusatory stare. Every single enemy we fought this far has been here by the Traveler. Zavala says, slouching back into his chair. The Hive, the Fallen, the worst of the Cabal. His attention drifts down to the data pad. Sloan's report on the origins of the Witness. What's one more group of people chasing it? This isn't the Traveler's fault, Ikora says, doubling back on Zavala's desk. He read the same report I did. We were at war with an entire civilization condensed into an individual. Multitudes of resentment and hatred crushed into a singularity. Resentment towards the Traveler, Savala grumbles. I'm not saying the Traveler is at fault. I'm saying it's a harbinger of ill omen. Everywhere it's gone, nothing but death has followed. Does it realize that? Does it care? Ikora approaches Savala's desk. Does it matter? She challenges him. It is obviously outgunned and running. For all the Traveler's strength, the Witness is the greater power. It never came to pull us to uplift us. It came to us for help. Zavala is silent. He looks up from the data pad to Ikora, then sighs and slowly rises from his seat. Ikora follows him with her eyes, watching him move to the window where he would gaze out at the Traveler in the past. Now, a fleet of allied vessels struggle to fill that void. Were they really that unified? Zavala asks, looking at Ikora's faint reflection. Who? The Witness's people. Zavala stares past Ikora's reflection into the city. Were they truly of one mind, united in a desire to become this thing? Or were they forced, compelled into action by the guidance of a few? She can feel the doubt in his words. Not in his wonderings about the Witness's origins, but in the vanguard, in what he sees as a parallel. Ikora steps to Zavala's side, briefly touching his elbow. We'd never become that, she says softly. Not in all of Elsie's journeys through time, not in any hypothetical future. We stand together because, because we believe what we're doing is right, Zavala interjects, looking Ikora in the eye. She sighs, turning to face the window. Her shoulders sag and she is lost in the details of the cityscape. I don't know what I expected either, Zavala says, but you're right. It wasn't this. So, this is a really humanizing moment. This is yet another lore piece that I really wish we could have gotten as a cutscene somehow. Because I think this is actually really powerful, seeing the two leaders come to terms with the truth. That this is an entire civilization into one being. But I think Zavala's on to something at the end. Bungie likes to hide things in the lore, right? And when he wonders aloud if it was really the entire civilization that wanted this, or if it was just a few that were misguided and convinced everybody to partake in like this, you know, Jonestown style Kool-Aid drinking fiasco, you know, is this, 
you know, was this like, I don't know, a civilizational suicide? Was this a ritual that maybe one elder did and just combined the whole race or what? You know, was this a few religious zealots? I feel like that's an answer that we may never get. Because I think that more important than where does the witness come from is why. Just why. And yeah. the why is it it seeks to bring order to chaos. It sees the traveler's very existence as chaotic. As a harbinger of ill omen. Kind of like Savala says here. And Savala's right. There is there are some parallels here. You know, this is a civil where a civilization was built up because of the traveler. And then it came crashing down when the collapse happened. But I think Ikora also hits on something really important. She says, the Traveler came to us for help. Uh We are the only race that it ever gifted the ghosts to. And now, obviously, the the Hive have them now. Which leads me to wonder, is the other race that it sought to uplift, the Fallen, will they eventually get them? And I mean, we've speculated, we think that they will. Uh-huh. And that that'll probably be a result of the final shape or leading right into it. But does it stop there? You know, if the traveler ceases to exist at the end of all this, does our ghost cease to exist too? Like, why is it that the witness can speak through our ghost? You know, is it because their technology was so advanced they're able to commune through traveler tech now? Or what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. I don't know if this lore piece really answers as many questions as it just kind of reinforces the feelings of some of these key NPCs. And we're, we see that in the performances, right? You contrast this with what Zavala does this week, where he's just like, yep, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do to save the Traveler. Yep, we got we got to rest Sabathun. We got to follow the witness. We got to stop it. We got to stop this thing. Yeah. And it's just kind of not really abrupt, but it's like, this is kind of him taking the deep breath and when he finds out they have to resurrect Savathun, it's like, nothing can be, you know, nothing can be more crushing than finding out, you know, why the witness is really here and where they came from, you know? So he's just like, fuck it, let's go. Let's go. I'm not going to live long enough to experience this anyways. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of questions that still need answered. And, I'm, this, this, I'm, these last two weeks were a really good step towards that. Yeah, I'm really interested in the race that the witnesses now and their tech and like how advanced they seem to be. Right. And to kind of like. Really seeming seemingly mess it all up. And now he's now the, the, the witnesses after everything now. Right. To change reality, really. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's that's really fascinating, but also at the end of the day, it still just left me with more questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think it's kind of designed to like this. Like I said, I don't think that this one is really meant to like wax poetic about what should we do about the witness, but more of like a all right, let's take stock of where we are right now and then get ready to move on. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But um, kind of getting off of the lore topic. Um, before we wrap up, I did want to make note of a uh, of a tweet from earlier, which I want to make sure that I read this correctly because uh, I saw this the other day, and I want to make sure that um, I quote this correctly from uh, one of the senior narrative designers at Bungie. Um, 
I got to scroll back through and find it. I didn't have this pulled up. I just happened to think about it when we were uh, talking about this. Um, Robert Brooks, who is one of the senior narrative designers at Bungie, tweeted this out on June 27th, uh, which for Keeping Score was two days ago when we got that awesome cutscene at the end. Sobering moment listening to the final radio conversation in the helm today. Pretty sure those were the last lines I ever recorded with Lance. Um, I don't take this as that's the last lines they ever recorded with Savala. Just like maybe these were the last ones that he ever personally did with Lance. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, you know, now we're, we're kind of entering that. We're entering that kind of gray area where it's like, are they really going to have to bring in somebody to finish out Savala's lines or what? Yeah. Um, but just kind of something to think. Of. I, I really wanted to share that. Um, I remembered seeing that earlier this week. Um, yeah. I wonder. I thought that was pretty important. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what they're going to do. I, I, I almost wonder if they like maybe recorded like the bigger stuff for him first and then came back to seasons or like, I mean, that's what you would hope so, they would have done. But um, you... Robert follows up in a, uh, in a separate tweet in a reply to somebody. Somebody asks, uh, please clarify this. If you can, were these the last lines you recorded or were these the last lines ever recorded of Lance? And he says, possibly both. I'm unsure, but I'm pretty sure the session we recorded this radio was the last one with Lance. That said, we don't record content in chronological order, so there may still be something. But what I said is what I said. It was the last lines I ever recorded with Lance. Man. So that is, uh, it's it's sobering. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, some moment that we kind of knew was coming. But if that is, if that is the last lines we ever get with Zavala, which I don't think it's going to be. But if that's the last ones we ever get with Lance as Zavala, I can't think of a more fitting conversation for it to be the last one. To be clear, we're talking about the radio transmission and not the actual, you know, like them all talking in the helm together. Yeah. Where he talks about, you know, sacrifice and bravery and things like that. It is, it's about as Zavala as you can possibly get, you know, where he's, He's telling Sloan about Sophia and Hakeem, and it's it's this odd, like, kind of full circle moment mm-hmm. with Zavala. That combined with this lore piece. It's like, yeah, that's that's the commander. Yeah. So Yeah. I hope, that being uh, said, I think that's uh that's probably a good place for us to leave off tonight, unless you got something to add. Oh no, I just uh it's always sad when you like thinking about that and I try not to, and then like gorilla put out that thing where they made yep. a little memorial in horizon forbidden west for him which was that was really... that was soul crushing to see yeah yeah so um but gonna really miss i mean are we already do but like really gonna miss him when mm-hmm. this stuff really starts coming out without him leading the way you know <sighs> yeah so but on that note, Josh, I think, I think it's time to get out of here. I think I, it's time uh, to get out of here, too. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Tower Casuals. You can join the Discord, hang out with us, play with us, all that stuff. I know I need to get back in there and start playing some more with people. Uh, Josh, thank you for your time, as always. 
uh, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, Josh underscore Finn with two N's. I'm probably crying about uh, free agency by this time next week. Mm. Mm. You can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.